the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. And hello again, my friends. Guess what? This is one of the most poignant radio broadcasts, especially if you're a person who wants your vote to count. These things are, a lot of things are happening behind the scenes. We want you to know about it so that, you know, your vote can be tied to the biblical values that you carry, the Judeo-Christian values that you carry, and make sure that they are received and properly counted. And we have none other than one of my dear sweet friends, Dran Reese, with me right here in the studio. Dran, hi. Kaz, hello. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a pleasure. Saltandlightcouncil.org. You can you tap that in on your phone or computer, maybe even while the show is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salt and Light Council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L.org. And uh, we're going to give we're going to give you facts about voting and uh, things that are going on, different propositions and measures and things like that, and how your vote can really, really count. Isn't that right, Dran? We are. We have a great show for yes, all your yes, listening yes. audience. And we also have a few, a couple callers that have very specific points, don't we? Yes, we're bringing in the experts. Yes. And who might those be? We're going to have Frank Kaser, who's yes. going to go over the ballot propositions, and Ruth Wise, who's with Election Integrity Project California, talk about how to cast a proper vote. Yes. And, and Dran, I was going through, you know, I, I still view Facebook periodically because I have a lot of our listening audience that go there. And I'm just tracking some of the people that claim Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm going, some of these people are ill-informed. I mean, if, the, if they're looking at what we think the news should be and they're turning on the channel, you know, at 6 o'clock or whenever they were watching the news and they're watching certain networks, they're not going to get the truth. You know, and if you, it, it, it troubles my heart because they're proclaiming things that are not so. And all of a sudden you're going to realize that the, this nation, which is, tending in the wrong direction is going to tend more and more in the wrong direction unless voters know what they're voting for and why and the dangers out there. Dren? Well, that's very important. And I consider most of the people out there, not most, but quite a few of them, low yes. information voters. Low information, yes. They basically, will, if they do vote at all, and and, and uh, right now we're at about 55% that are not even registered to vote, but if they do vote, then generally they vote based on what they hear on television. That is their news source. And they're probably listening to the wrong television news stations. They're not really analyzing the candidates. They haven't done their homework, their due diligence. And maybe they're just asking their friends the night before, who should I vote for? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, but, but also, you know, we are so naive. We Correct. really are. What somebody, we believe somebody s- says something from a, what we claim to be a credible news source. And we just say, okay, well, that's it. Or you hear this 
lie being perpetrated over and over. I mean, there's something about doing due diligence to yourself. You don't really have to dig too far down and look at other sources, and you can find out the truth is there. Some, you know, a, a place called saltandlightcouncil.org would be one of those places. <laughs> well, there sure is, but I for the voting uh, information, yes. I one of the, that's one of the reasons why we started biblicalvoter.com. Yes. So I urge all of your listening audience to go to biblicalvoter.com because what we've done is we've tried to drill down and make it very simple for your audience to know how to vote biblical values. And so we provide all the local and state voter guides on a clear button. When you come to the homepage, it says state voter guides. Yes. Because actually our electoral process is actually rigged, if you ask me. It is. They've made it so incredibly hard for you to know what these people stand for, what they plan to do for you. And so it takes a lot of work to analyze candidates. And that's one of the things I'd like to go over with you is that sometimes you just have to look at what do the parties that they represent stand for. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we either stand with Baal or we stand with God. And so I want to go. A-A-L. Right. Yes. That's really the devil. I mean, and in reality, we're standing against God, his moral values. Yes. And so I hope that we can make that very clear to all those people who identify as a Christian. (laughs) Yes. And one of the things, let me just throw this out there. You say biblical voter guides, plural. It's like, you know, you're not receiving one uh, resource. They're guides, plural. And hear what a number of different people have to say. Then compare notes so you can have an intelligent vote. Exactly. That's one of the reasons why it's so important that you contrast and compare. Now, we've literally handed these voter guides all across the nation in 50 states to you on a silver platter. On a silver platter. We've done our research. We continue to uh, analyze who's who in the zoo to make sure that that who we put on this website has our moral values and that they believe in God and country and in that order. Yes, yes. So dig on in. There's a bunch of information. I've seen it. Dran, you want to share some stuff? Lay it on us. And by the way, let me just tell you this, Dran Reese, Mm -hmm. no restraints. Tell it like you've discovered it. Okay, well, if you prompt me, you know, I can get going. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no, what you're trying to say is, Kaz, be quiet so I can get going. Okay, zipping my mouth, Dran Rees. (laughs) All right, well, you know, I thought maybe in this first uh, half hour of time that we would talk a little bit about what our country really is. And I really want to clear this up with your listening audience. Are we a democracy or are we a republic? Mm -hmm. I listen to the news and all day long all I ever hear on all television stations is democracy, democracy, we're a democracy, democracy, democracy. The reality is we really are a republic, a constitutional republic, and that's what our American founding fathers intended for the United States to be, which is a republic is where elected officials, we elect officials to vote on the laws. That's what a republic is, a representative government, rather than a direct democracy, which is basically mob rule or the majority rules and wins. We are not a democracy. And even our Pledge of Allegiance says it. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the what? Republic. That's right. Yes. So I want to clear that up, people. Stop. Didn't Be a democracy denier in a way. Be a republic lover of the Constitution of the United States of America. Because once we get that through our head, then we'll understand why so many people are choosing the Democrat Party versus the Republican Party. Because when immigrants come to this country, they have heard so much over and over and over again that this is a democracy. So they usually choose the party that has that name 
in it. Mm-hmm. And that's an issue for us in America. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my, my. And when you when you could have free uh, discourse back and forth, you can discover, you know, that guy's point doesn't really sound well, well-versed, really. And this guy's does. But, but you, you, people are denying a uh, talking, you know, talking, having talking points back and forth. You know, they're not doing, people are not doing that anymore. And you can have a certain letter by your name and they will sh- shy away from doing the di- discourse uh, with one another because there's nothing to stand on. Well, one of the parties actually is much closer to God. Mm-hmm. and upholds our religious freedom in our constitutional republic. Yes. And that's why it scares the other parties so much, because they want to destroy the Christian church. Yes. Because if they do that, then they will own America. Yes. So we have to talk about that. But, you know, here in California, we have uh, a ton of legislators up there in Sacramento. And every year they introduce 2,300 bills. Did you 2, hear me? 2,300 bills. 2,300 bills every year. Now, you tell me, what are those bills good for? So the point of a legislator that we elect into office, or maybe we're not necessarily electing them, but somehow they're getting into office. (laughs) (laughs) But the point being is that they are supposedly lawmakers, and it's an individual who makes the laws. So our legislators are put in office to make laws. Okay, well, 2,300 of them are going through our state legislature. And what I would want to talk to after you know, we get a little bit, yeah, come through the break, is about what some of those bills our state legislator is passing. I want you to dig deeply here, and I want you to just share with people, because, you know, Dran, when she says something, she has things to back it up. So I want you, even if you want to question what she says, we're going to give you resources that you can answer those questions, but not a resource with just one person's opinion. (laughs) You'll be able to dig in and get multiple opinions, maybe opinions you haven't even thought of before. Dran Reese going to have you dig more deeply in some of these things uh, to help us be uh, knowledgeable and empowered as voters, but even more than voters, uh, godly activists. And that's a positive word, not a negative one. So Dran Reese and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. To vote or not to vote? That is the question. And Dran Reese with saltandlightcouncil.org would say, that is not the question. The question is, are you going to vote and are you going to vote the right values? Isn't that right, Dran? Amen to that. <laughs> you know, I was when you started talking in the, in, in the first segment, it, it stirred me. We, we are a Judeo-Christian nation. The Constitution is such. And many of the listeners, most of the listeners, embrace the Judeo-Christian values. And one of the questions that they might be asking, and I'm going to ask you to dig into this a little bit more deeply, well, God, the Judeo-Christian values, and uh, how God's law or laws fit in with the Constitution and fit in with uh, what we should be doing tied to government. I'm going to hand the baton back to you. Yes, that's a really great question, because our legislators are legislating from the bench, and that's one of the ways that you find out which legislator to vote for, or actually a judge are they a constitutionalist, which means that they are straight, strict constitutionalists, yes. or they're legislating from the bench? But God has given us, or the Bible has given us the moral law. Legislature is the one that makes our laws that we were talking about earlier. 
The courts are here to interpret our laws, but all the laws have moral and religious implications. And so as a society, if we aren't following God's law, then whose laws are we following? That's right. And when these people from that are legislating, they're making things up as they go. And right now, I will bet you that there are a lot of people out there that are groaning under the heavy weight Mm -hmm. of these people who are currently in office that are raising our gas prices. When you go into the stores, you're you're paying more for less. Yes. Uh, You can't even buy a house anymore that isn't highly unaffordable here, certainly in the state of California. And then recently I just saw where they are eliminating gas fireplaces. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and promoting electric cars. Yeah, electric cars, electric everything. And I don't know what they have in mind, but... God gave us so many rich resources, yes, and yes. we're now trying to deny that we can't use them for the purpose of control. Yes. Let's, since we're in, in California and San Diego, let's focus on California things that are going on that people need to know about it. Do you realize the things that are going on? And Dren was talking during the break about the balance between uh, conservative and liberals in in uh, in the state Congress, in the state Senate. It's mind-boggling. It sure is. So in California, what we have is called a supermajority. And what that means is that we have a 120 legislators, and that's made up of the Assembly, where we have 80, and of the Senate, where we have 40. Now, in the Assembly, we have 60 Democrats and 19 Republicans. And in the Senate, we have 31 Democrats and 9 Republicans. And that's called a supermajority? Well, when you add that up... You wind up with Democrats of 91 and with Republicans of 26. So there's no chance that the Republicans that are in office are going to get anything passed. Yes. And, and would you would it be fair to say conservative, liberal and, and as, as well as in that balance? Well, definitely. And I, I want to share that if we have time that we have a booklet called the Biblical Voter Booklet, a yes. step by step guide to biblical voting, where we we analyzed actually uh, Bishop Art Hodges has yes. done a great job. He's on our board. And what he did is he took the Democrat and Republican Party and he analyzed it from a biblical and a constitutional standpoint. So when, you know, and you're listening audience and, and, and those low information voters, you know, it's Psalm 1 all over again. Are you going to walk in the way of the wicked? Are you going to sit in the seat of the mocker? What are you going to do? Because when you align your life and your vote with a party that worships Baal, then you really have to have a moment where you sit down and repent of your sins and really think about what you're doing because there's they can talk a good game, but what they're doing to you is very different. So here's what the differences in the party are. Well, just a few of them. I can't do them all. There's 60 of them. but uh, And this is party platforms. Remember, we as Christians stand on the Bible. That's our platform, yes. right? We don't Shift to the left or to the right. It's whatever God says. That's what we live by. Yes, we. he said with a smile, yes, we do with mouth what <laughs> we do with our hearts. Oh, amen. Amen with our hearts. And sometimes it's hard to, to do the right thing all the time. Yes. But that's what we're called to do. And doing the right thing all the time means that what is in the Democrat platform, we're not going to step on that. We're not going to step on the Republican platform, but we are going to vote Based on with biblical our biblical values. values. Come on. Bingo. Okay, so... One mentions Bible, the other doesn't. One mentions divine, the other doesn't. One mentions creator, the other doesn't. One mentions pastors, the other doesn't. One mentions traditional family, the other doesn't. 
I'm skipping down. One mentions traditional marriage, the other doesn't. One mentions sanctity of human life, the other doesn't. One mentions traditional religious beliefs, the other doesn't. One mentions God bless America, the other doesn't. Now, these are some stunning ones. One mentions Christian eight times and Muslim one time. The other mentions Christian one time and Muslim eight times. One mentions God 15 times and LGBT zero. The other mentions God one time and LGBT 26 times. Well, that tells you the trend of America. It tells you the trend of California, doesn't it? Well, you learn a lot from reading the platforms, and we've tried to make it so easy for your listening audience. They don't have to sit there and have brain damage reading the entire thing. (laughs) But what we did is we parsed it from a biblical standpoint. This is a vital piece of information. This is a great sermon for pastors to give this as an election sermon, but it's also good for the conservative groups out there who who love God, and for those who identify as Christians out there. And I mean that kind of tongue-in-cheek, identify. We're now in this whole point of what do you identify as? Well, do you identify as a Christian? Well, do you better choose this day who you're going to serve, Baal or God himself? Yes. And that's in everything we don't. When, At what point, what isn't God the Lord over our lives? At what point is he not the Lord over our life? When we vote? Oh, my. So we have to... Do our due diligence. Now, that's where we come in. We've done a really good job. So I want to tell you what the supermajority here in California has done to us. Yes. And I have about three pages, and I know. You just tell me when to stop. Uh, we've got but about four minutes. Here, here's segment. what's happening here. So in, ca- in the state of California now, we have comprehensive sexual education, which is actually considered pornography. They've got some pornography books that they're, they have in schools. They are forcing the public teachers now, public school teachers, to promote homosexuality. Yes. It's forced. Uh, they're requiring K through 12 books now to promote homosexuality. They've got King and King, Queen and Queen, and I Am Jazz, and God knows what. They're bathrooms now. Women, young ladies, are to share those with men who identify as transgender women. Oh, my. All body parts on display. Now, I'm a woman. I'm angry about that. I feel as if our rights as women are being trampled here. Yes, they are. And that I feel very, I feel is very dangerous for our children in the public schools because you know how these boys, men can be. And I think that we have some dangerous situations. Now we also have pronoun usage, choose your gender. Mental health has been banned for those that have sexual orientation. And now they want to make California a transgender sanctuary state. Now, Mm. what that really means is that if a child in the public schools, and and by the way, now the children in the public schools don't even have to tell their parents that they're choosing a different gender that they're promoting in the public schools. How many parents don't realize what's going on here? I mean, if you really love your child, don't you want to know what they're being taught and required to do even when they're not required to tell you? Come on, parents. Yeah, by the way, one of the pastors, a wonderful pastor here in San Diego, and he's also on the program here, Jeremy McGarrity, yes. alerted me to the local elementary schools that had, and I apologize, listening audience, close your kids' ears, Paula the penis. Oh, my. And what that was was a man, a transgender man that was dressed up in a blow-up suit that had two men's part 
the tube yeah. at, and mm-hmm. then one long. And and let me tell you, that was in front of little children. What oh are we thinking? Yes, yes, N- yes. We're not thinking. In fact, I think this is a sinister plot to, to sexualize our children. But we just got 12 bills passed in the state. Governor Newsom signed 12 bills to promote and advance abortion in this state. And I know you're going to be hearing from fake, uh, Frank Kaser here in a few minutes about one of those bills that's on the ballot, Come on. Proposition 1. And we are unbelievably stunned because we, here, let me tell you what happens. If we want to put, if we want to put uh, a measure on the ballot, we as citizens have to get 750,000 confirmed signatures. Yes. But under a supermajority, all they have to do is go in a room and vote for it. Yes. So they put abortion as something that they want to now put permanently into the Constitution because they can just vote on anything they want in yes, the state. Yes, yes. This is where your listening audience get off your blessed assurance and get out there and vote. But this time, vote your values. Vote with God not against him. These are all wrong. We do not believe in murdering babies in the womb at any level, at any level. Dren, you set the stage for our next next segment and our next call-in guest as well, uh, Frank Kaser, ballot ballot propositions. Some of these things that you mentioned he's going to be talking about. My listening friend, it's not uh, even appropriate to think who you're going to vote for and go, I like that guy's haircut, or I like... You know, this this lady, she has the same fashions that I do. No, 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 no. You need to know what's going on deep in the heart. And and uh, Frank Kieser is going to give you some propositions and, and some uh, insights. Dran, I'm going to have you introduce him on the other side of this break. Would you be so kind? Oh, I'd love to. Thank okay. you. Okay. Dran Reese, we're going to be talking about some things. You need to be an educated voter. You need to be an educated voter. And then you need to vote. And then you need to have your eyes open because things are going on you need to be aware of. And use your voice to say, ah, doesn't seem right, and make your voice heard. We're going to talk more about that with uh, Frank Kaser, uh, talking about uh, ballot propositions and more things when Dren Reese and I come right back. This is Rob Stark, pastor of Lampladder Revival Center. There's a time and a season we're entering right now where the new wine is being released, and we all get to drink of it. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, welcome back. We're talking about voting and voter rights. You know, I had a friend who told me that they had a dream about a doctor. They had, and, and this person had a toothache, and they went to this doctor, and they had the person try to eliminate the toothache. But the doctor was a chiropractor and not a dentist. And so she woke up from the dream and, and I said, there's something wrong with this dream, isn't there? And But I, but I want to relate that to what we're talking about here. You want to get Judeo-Christian values uh, uh, in government, then you have to go to the right people and know the right things about Judeo-Christian values and know the right thing about ballots and propositions. Um, and a man, Frank Kaser, of the uh, uh, Christian... Citizenship Council. Dran, I'm going to hand the baton to you. And hello, Frank. I'm going to let Dran introduce you. Well, hello, Frank. Are you there? Hey. I think I'm here. Yep, there you are. Well, we're so glad you're here. Well, I'm not going to tell very much about your background uh, because I want to make sure we get to all the ballot propositions so you can really say anything you want. But the, the key thing here that I want the listening audience to know is that your background you are perfectly positioned um, because what you do, not everybody can do. You read a literal encyclopedia's worth of legislation from a biblical standpoint so that you can help 
all of us Christians out there know how to vote on these ballot propositions. Yes. Isn't that true, Frank? Well, I try to. <laughs> it's, it's a, it takes a while, though. But I, let me just say something real quick. Um, whenever I talk to a group, I say the same thing every time. We're not voting on the advertisements or what hearsay from somebody or the arguments pro for or against uh, on any, any proposition. We're voting on the legal text. That's what's critical, and that's what we have to be knowledgeable on. If we don't read that, then we really don't understand what the proposition is about. And in reality, Frank, how many people are going to read the volume of pages that they put for each ballot proposition? Well, over the years when I've asked that of groups, I've had uh, this now over 20 years, I've had like two hands go up, and that was it. <laughs> Hence the reason why we love you, Frank Kaser, from Christian Citizenship Council and what you do. And I personally want to be one to say thank you for all the work that you do. Now, let's get rid- right into it. What is the most shocking and shameful proposition that's on the ballot this year? Well, you know which one that is. I do, but I'm I'm leading it to you. (laughs) Yeah, it's Proposition 1. I mean, that's the most egregious one. And I I don't tippy-toe around this. I I think it's pure wickedness. Mm -hmm. It's not a a matter of, well, it's too extreme or it's going to cost money or... Whatever. Matter of fact, I got the, the official voter information guide from California, I guess it was uh, yesterday. So I started going through it. And I have to admit, the, the arguments for and against, I was very disappointed that the arguments against basically concentrated on this is going to cost money and there's going to be legal battles into the future. And that's not really what the issue is. No. The issue is it's life, it's innocent life that's being taken and it's being legally justified for any or no reason whatsoever up to the point of birth. That's what this would enshrine in the, Const- in the Constitution for California. So this is, a, this is a wicked measure. A wicked measure. You know, and Frank, on the subject of abortion, it always concerns me that there are a lot of Christian women who have had abortions. And so this... You know, this whole issue is a very sensitive issue. But the reality is that if we're going to stand with God and if we're going to do, we have to change our mind and do the right thing. Would you agree? No. Oh, no, no question there. I don't want to minimize or trivialize the the mercy and compassion aspect to the mother and also to the father, by the way, but especially to the innocent child. And that's why I have to grind myself into the Scripture. And and these are going to be well-known to everybody. You know, we're made in the image of God. It's not from the point of quickening or or when the the child is born. It's from the point of conception on. Mm -hmm. There's no time that that child is not in the image of God. That's That's critical to understand. So it, it puts it back onto how can it possibly be justified to take its life? You know, Exodus says that you do not murder. We can, we can defend ourselves under certain circumstances and use legal force. The, the government is entrusted with a sword to punish evildoers, but we are not to take innocent life. There's no justice in that. That doesn't mean there's not complications and problems that need to be resolved, but that's where compassion comes in, and we can't, we can't ignore that. Frank, if the listening audience wanted to know the Scripture verses that go along with all of the ballot propositions, which I'm holding in my hand, and there are quite a few, but also to have a little more detail, where can they find and print these copies? <laughs> well, go to your 
Biblicalvoter.com. That's the best place for it. Go into California, look at the voter guides, and it's right in there. And I appreciate you, Dran, posting that on your site. Well, I really appreciate it. Yes. And so on Proposition 1, the vote is? Uh, No. Absolutely no. Absolutely no. Okay, so let's go on to Prop 26. And I wonder if that kind of tags along with Prop 27, or are they two separate ones? Well, they're they're the same and they're different. They're both about uh, sports betting. Prop twenty, I'll do twenty six, and then twenty seven is real easy. Uh, twenty six basically says, hey, if you pass this proposition, it allows sports betting to occur in California. It legalizes it, uh, just like twenty other states have, and it tries to regulate it. The question comes up: Is this the, is this the role of government to incentivize and to encourage and to promote a behavioral pattern that is proven to be destructive to families or gambling addiction, uh, encouraging other crimes of vice around the the organization of of gambling. It goes on and on. So I'm saying, no, that government is to do two things, punish the evildoer and command or uphold or uplift that which is good. And I don't find this uh, supporting additional gambling as falling into either of those categories. So I would maintain this is not what government should be doing. It shouldn't be doing this in order to provide more tax revenue uh, so it can use it for whatever purposes it wants. There's a, there's a couple of good verses, I, if you, real quickly, sure. I can bring up on this. You know, Proverbs is replete with, with great, great verses that address a lot of these things. First one is uh, 12, 11. He who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Or he who follows, chases fantasies is a fool. What is that saying? Well, that's what government, that's what this gambling does. It, it tries to incentivize the, the enjoyment, if you will, or entertainment value of this, but it's, there's a destructive societal cost of that on the backside. And no matter how much revenue you gain from taxes on this, it will never accommodate all those difficulties and problems sure. that individuals and families will suffer in the years ahead. And it's addictive, too, isn't it? It's really addictive in many ways. But also, you put this in front of a young person who may not even be legally able to, to, to do this, but they can figure out ways to do it themselves. So you're addicting an entire generation who participates in this. My listening friend, are you listening to what's going on here? Do you li- listening to what the Judeo-Christian values are and how they are being violated nearly at every turn? And, uh, I, you know, you, you're right uh, about Duran's multiple sites. Uh, and the, the, the this particular site is biblicalvoter.com. Yes. And Frank, yes. I just have a real quick question on that one. We only have a couple minutes or, or less, uh, but <clears throat> to, to then we're going to take two. a break, Frank, and then you're coming back after the break. Right. So is this actually setting up more uh, buildings for, you know, gambling on the tribal lands? No, it, 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 you can have to do it at uh, designated racetracks. I think there's four of them in California. You have to do it on, in, on the premises of a racetrack or at Indian casinos. So it's it's not adding facilities per se, in that sense. Okay. Well, either way, yeah, right. It's it's making use of what's already there. Okay. All right. And uh, so, and and the mobile one, the Proposition Twenty Seven. Now, that's a pretty sinister one because then all the little children have access to it right there on their cell phones. Yes. Exactly. You know, on the internet, you can go on your laptop 
or on your mobile device, whatever, it basically um, allows you to bet on anything sports-related, except for there's certain limitations within the proposition as far as high school sports and conflicts of interest if you're a coach and stuff like that. But it, it basically, you know, you have to think about this because there's cer- certain civil liberties here that we have that in order for them to implement this, they have to verify who you are, where you are, because you cannot be on tribal lands, but you have to be on in territory within the state of California. They have to they have to verify your age, okay, and that you have no conflict of interest relative to this bet. Yes. So how much information has to be gathered in order to mm. allow this to occur? Mm. We're getting into some really dark areas here as far as revealing a lot of personal information. Oh mm. yes. That's that's an, something that's not being advertised. I don't think on this particular proposition. That's right, Frank. We we By have to way. take a break right now. Uh, There are many other ballot propositions that Dran wants to dig into (laughs) with you. And my listening friend, you know, you're going, what do I care about? Is this just my vote? (sighs) Are you kidding me? Your vote counts, or at least it should. And this is stuff that we're giving you some ways to find out more about these things right now. Do due diligence, my friend. We're going to talk with Dran Reese in the next section uh, segment as well. And uh, Frank uh, Kaser talking about ballot propositions. Dran, when we come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Hello, my friends, and we are honored to have Dren Reese of Salt and Light Council, saltandlightcouncil.org, in our studio and biblical voter Dot com. I, I'm telling you something, my friend. You know, you can just kind of sit in your armchair and go, vote? I may not even do that this time because it's so rigged anyway. I don't... Are you kidding me? It's rigged because we're falling prey to the enemy's devices. Uh, Dran, uh, we have somebody on the air with us, uh, an expert named Frank Kaser of uh, Christian Citizenship Council, and uh, he's explaining some of the ballot propositions and how they are that they, they, they don't aren't even tending to go awry. They start out bad. They sure do. And Frank, <laughs> we have four more to go, and so I'm going to let you kind of run with it in this last section, Prop 28, and just keep going. So, what's okay. this one about? Well, I'll just do a real. This is just a skim job because uh, if you go to your biblicalvoter.com. The the actual principles, biblical principles applied to each one of these propositions is there in a little more detail, plus a good summary of the actual proposition. So we can just pick out one or two here as we go. So with that in mind, Prop 28 basically attempts to try to provide additional funding for arts and music uh, in the education system in California. And by by assigning 1% of the total uh, education budget, but take it from the general fund and put it in there specifically targeting arts and music. I, the couple of proverbs that came to me on this was 3015 was one. The leech has two daughters. <laughs> give and give, they cry. My question is, how much is enough as far as public education? It is incredible the amount of money that goes into it. And we're getting, obviously, some very, very, very poor results. Mm-hmm. So. Passing something that would provide even additional money and targeting it for a certain application is not necessary, I would maintain. Matter of fact, I would say this is a classic bait and switch. When I say bait and switch, I'm talking about uh, 
what is the problem 2014 bad bad says the buyer but when he goes away then he boasts yes and that's what's happening here once you assign a separate funding stream to pay for something that's already being paid for mm-hmm. then you're going to eventually replace that amount so it won't be supplemental it's going to be replacement up and then that money that's already in the budget in public schools will be used for something else that's exactly so, what they do it is it is it is that's exactly okay, what they do. They, they they assign oh, yeah. it for one one purpose, and before you know it, it's gone. Wasn't that what the lottery was supposed to be sure, about? Sure. That the lottery is the classic example in California, and nobody disagrees with that. That's exactly what happened. It was you know, a classic bait and switch. It eventually replaced what would have gone into the public education system. You know, and and you made a point when I heard you speak about this once before about. Uh, almost more government spending. Yes. So it just seems like our government has enough money and they're not doing a very good job with what they have right now. Why are we giving them more to do anything? Yep. So if it, it looks like you're going to add a tax or add something to the budget, I I don't know about you, Frank, but would you just say no to that for a long time like, to come? I would like to see propositions that would decrease the amount of taxing that we're experiencing. That's right. I would like to rather see us go on the offensive on this and right. try to pass legislation, well, not legislation, than referendums to try to put propositions on the ballot that actually sun, sundown a lot of the taxation that we currently experience. That would be the proper role. But I digress. I, I, I appreciate that when Donald Trump was in office, he looked, he saw several different organizations or seven, several different uh, measures or whatever, they were doing the same thing. He goes, well, we have two or multiple th- things like this, or, or let's reduce the size of government. Right. What? How dare you say that, said the uh, politicians. Wow, yes. Okay, well, okay. keep going. Prop, Prop 29, outpatient dialysis clinics, and putting additional regulations on them. I have not seen there being a hue and cry anywhere throughout the state that dialysis centers, which 75% of them are by uh, for-profit clinics, Okay, that means they're private enterprise. I haven't seen an outpouring of grief and people dying and getting disease and everything else. If that was happening, there's already legal (laughs) remedies that can be applied. So I'm saying it's not a problem. This particular one uh, is the third shot at this before the voters to try to put, I would call them, egregious uh, administrative burdens onto uh, dialysis clinics to make them unprofitable so they're going to go out of business. That's the bottom line. Uh, Deuteronomy and First Timothy is driven. says, you shall not muzzle the ox while it's treading out the grain. I would maintain these services are cost-effective and they're, they're effective in what they do. Government should be supporting them and helping them and making it easier for them to do what they're, they're good at doing instead of having a, a, a proposition like this which is truly intended to shut them down, replace them with unionized labor in the healthcare industry. Mm. Wow. I it, think, matter of fact, I, I would maintain it's a false report against them. The innuendo and the advertisement and everything else is that there's a major health issue. I cannot find that. So I say that's false testimony. That's lying about the existing situation. So, And haven't about, we had this number, dialysis on the ballot several times before? This is the third time. Yeah. Is the same, you know, it's almost identical. It's the third time. Right. They also require a physician, a licensed physician, to be on site at every dialysis clinic. Well, that's that, huge. That's plus, huge. Plus, the reporting the reporting requirements are such that if you make any mistake whatsoever in your book in your bookkeeping, 
and this and this and this large amount of bookkeeping that you can be fined, and that fine pays for the review group that actually investigates what's going on with the clinic. So it's a it's a conflict of interest to create funding that actually pays for the group to find even more problems. I mean, it goes on and on. My. Uh, read, read it for yourself. <laughs> well, we've got okay. about three minutes left in this segment. Dren, how do you want to Yeah, target? Frank, I'm going to let you go on the last two, but up to this point, all of the ballot propositions are a flat no, right? From my perspective, I'm going to vote no on every one of them. Also, every single Let me one. rephrase okay. that. From a Judeo-Christian values and scriptural perspective, you would say these would be voting no. <laughs> yes. From, from my position, yes. And that's a good way for you to summarize it. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. My, from my looking at the biblical, it, it's taking biblical principles and trying to apply them with the wisdom, if you will, because that's the application. I find no merit in any of these. Okay, Frank, we only have two minutes. Prop 30, Prop 31. Okay, 30. Uh, tax the rich. What's their fair share? I don't know. The government seems to think that they have not paid their fair share, so this, what this proposition would do would take more money from the rich, their personal income, and use it to pay for infrastructure and buying elect- electric vehicles and uh, environmentally friendly vehicles, if you will, across the state and also to bolster the account for preventing wildfires. So it's, try to, it's trying to ultimately decrease greenhouse gases. Mm-hmm. I would say Proverbs, Proverbs 14 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. There is no accountability here. If this was to pass, why government is now in, would be incentivizing industry to take money to pay for swapping out uh, gasoline cars and replace them with electric vehicles on the taxpayer dime. What about all the batteries? What about the, you know, the impact mm-hmm. on the grid? It goes on and on and on. There's an incredible downside on this on the back end. So I, I think it de-incentivizes industry to do what they're good at, making things cost-effective and providing infrastructure to support it. Yes, yes, so yes. It, it's all our- that. Okay, Prop that's 31. that's really good, Frank. Okay, Prop 31, you just have a, uh, less than a minute. <laughs> I, I know it's, it's hard. I knew when we doing a show like this, oh, no. truncate things. That's Sorry good. about that, Frank. That's, that's okay. SB 793 exists right now. It has not taken effect based on the results of what this proposition does. If this proposition passes, SB 793 takes effect. And what that does, it says it makes it illegal for it for flavored tobacco and flavored tobacco products across the state for everybody. Okay. I have a problem with this one because it pits two evils. Government trying to regulate our liberties and prevent us from having, as adults, mature adults, making our own decisions. And the tobacco industry, which is trying to curry more future clients. a, A feather could push me either side on this. I come down the side. If government regulates us and takes away the liberty that we have to make decisions for ourselves, we will never get that back. Tobacco, we can fight them other ways. Just don't Mm -hmm. use their products or talk to people about it, show statistics or whatever else. So I lean against this and I say, no, I don't think that law should take effect. Let us decide for ourselves what we're going to do. By the way, youth, minors are already protected. It is illegal to sell tobacco products of any kind to a minor in this state. And that's what's being proposed here, that this is needed in order to protect the youth. That's yes. a lie. So, so Frank Kayser, every one of these propositions, from your point of view, from a Judeo-Christian values point of view, is no, 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 no. 
<laughs> my listening friend, you know, go to. That's correct. There's a website, Dran, isn't there, that they can find out more about this? And then we have to take a break? Sure. Biblicalvoter.com. Go to State Voter Guides. Pick California, and you will see Frank Kaser's, uh, Kaser's calls. Very good. Frank, thank you for joining us on these two segments, uh, eye-opening to say the least. Mm-hmm. Vote, my friend, well, but vote wisely. Dran, we have another person hanging in there to, to share some insights as well. Who is that in our next? That's going to be Ruth Wise from Election Integrity Project California. My, my. This lady is going to open your eyes as well. I hope you're gleaning what you're hearing today, my friend. But when you vote, vote wisely. But when you vote wisely, that means you have to dig into these things and find out the T-R-U-T-H, truth. Grand Reese and I and our special call-in guests will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, my friends, welcome back to the top of the hour for Come Together San Diego. We're talking about all things tied to voting And that time frame is NOW. Now it's time to be prepared and vote wisely. Before we go any further, just a real quick piece of business. My friend, I have a website for Come Together San Diego, and you can say, love the shows, hate the shows, you should have asked this, or I have an idea for a show. And I now have my own website that you can attend to. It's cometogethersandiego at kprz.com, cometogethersandiego at kprz.com. We're talking about voting, voters' rights, and the things that you need to know and uh, how to make your stand. Dren, I'm going to have you introduce our remarkable next call-in guest and uh, let you and she present the information that needs to be presented. Well, you got it. Well, I'm very excited about introducing Ruth Wise. Speaking of voting wisely, yes. uh, Ruth Wise is with the an organization that her and Linda Payne, they basically started together I think it's about 10 years now, or maybe a little more, Election Integrity Project. Yes. And you can go to their website at www.eipca.com, eipca.com. We'll give that again later. <laughs> but her, their organization has done amazing work here in California. They're also in Arizona and Nevada, working on a fair election process from voter registration to casting a ballot to even counting the ballots. And so, Ruth, thank you for joining us. Hey, good evening, Gran, and Chaz, nice to be on board here. Amen. Well, Ruth, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about what you do at Election Integrity Project. Sure. We are a citizen organization. We're a 501c3 public benefit nonpartisan organization, and we uh, now are almost at our 12th anniversary uh, of our founding We've been working for virtually 12 years for the benefit of California voters. Our motto is every, every lawfully cast vote accurately counted. So that's kind of a two-part thing. We work on trying to make sure that ballots are cast lawfully, and then once they are, make sure they're counted accurately. So <clears throat> I can't take credit, Dran, for founding the original Election Integrity Project, but I did come on board two months after the founding. And then in 2017, Linda and I were able to found the nonprofit once the same organization, same people, just now we're nonprofit um, in uh, 2017. And so we train observers to go out there and watch the process and document procedures and document problems. Also, at times, to intervene and resolve problems legally. 
and um, just uh, learn about <clears throat> the election laws and try to educate the public on the election laws and the best way for them to be able to protect their own vote. Wow, you you gals do a tremendous amount. And do you hear this, people? This is really amazing what they do. Um, I want to ask you about some of the things that are bothering all of us. Uh, you have, Your organization has found many discrepancies, but I think our public is just wondering what is going on with the election process. Uh, we don't think that we're going to have fair elections anywhere. So uh, it's we have such insecurity about whether our vote is really counting. What do you say to that? Well, we began to notice a progression of laws that California was passing uh, starting just slightly before the year 2000 that kind of added up together to what looks like an agenda to reach a particular goal, which would be basically having selections instead of elections because Mm -hmm. of the way that these laws tie together and make it difficult for fair and honest and transparent elections to take place. And so we do have a document on our website, which don't forget to put that hyphen in there. It's eip-ca.com. And, and it's called the Golden State Agenda. And it's just a bullet point chronological listing of some of the major laws that have kind of come down the pike and just tied into each other in such a way that you go, this has to be an agenda. Mm. And about 2014, we really began to see how the, <clears throat> the election process in California was very manipulatable by those who knew how to do it. And we suspect those who know how to do it are the ones who program the vulnerabilities Mm. in in the first place. So everything looks really good on paper until you start analyzing what happens and and why it's really bad. And so what we're trying to do right now, um, among many other things, besides educating people about how to kind of to mitigate the damage uh, being done by all the laws that California is now um, operating under, but uh, we're also in the middle of a federal lawsuit that looks very promising that is basically saying California has at least 22 election laws that we consider to violate the Constitution oh of the United States of America. Dig more deeply and in so that. That's our, <clears throat> dig more de- deeply in that, Ruth. That's captivating. Right. Well, there are four clauses, basically, that we're hanging our hat on. Um, <clears throat> three of them come from the 14th Amendment, the um, the um, equal protection clause and the guarantee clause. And then we have an elections clause in Article 1. And we have a lawsuit that is you can uh, download it and read the complaint, if you like, from our website. We just had the oral argument hearing in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals um, last Friday. And so we expect somewhere at the first of the year to get a ruling from them. And we anticipate that it will be positive, which will give us standing to go back and really start working on the meat of this lawsuit, which will be auditing the machines and software and and a whole lot of other things, as well as challenging these laws that we don't think uh, pass constitutional muster. And if we can then get California away from these non-constitutional laws, and by the way, other states that have followed suit and done what California has done, you know, we always set the example, right? Um, those laws would then also be null and void in those states as well. If it's not unconstitutional, according to the courts, it's unconstitutional. And and so, yeah, it, it takes a few years to, to finish a lawsuit like this, but we're very uh, enthusiastic about the eventual outcome of this, and we can bring California back into line 
and have fair, honest, and transparent yes. elections here as we used to have. Yes, and there's some precedent for this. I mean, holding these guys accountable, I mean, please, you're breaking the law, please. <laughs> well, speaking of the right. law, I want you to talk about this California Voter Choice Act, because I think there are a, a few ingredients in there that people may not be completely aware of. And it's the fact that everybody gets a mail-in ballot. And I just briefly want you to talk about why that's a bad idea. A good idea or a bad right. idea? Well, the, heart, <laughs> the heart of that whole Golden State agenda I was just referring to is the use of the vote-by-mail ballot. And so... Before California decided to send a ballot to everybody in the whole state, um, dead or alive, half the voters, <laughs> yes, dead or alive for sure, or moved to Kentucky. <laughs> um, we we had um, a law passed called the Voters Choice Act, and that law then was to be uh, adopted county by county at the county's discretion. And if you adopted it, it did away with your neighborhood polling places. So instead of bo- voting, you know, with your neighbors close to home very convenient. You now had vote centers at the ratio of one to every 60,000 voters uh, for the first, and it's 11 days of voting. So for Mm -hmm. the first um, seven or eight days, it's one to 60,000. And then it goes down to one to to 10,000 voters. They add a few more in the last four days. Um, And every voter in the county then would be mailed a vote by mail ballot, whether they wanted it or not. And that was the basis on which we really fought that that um, law when it was uh, going through the legislature. And of course we lost um, <clears throat> because mailing everybody a vote by mail ballot is contingent upon, well, there's a lot wrong with that, but it's contingent upon having clean voter rolls, which nobody exactly. in the whole country does. Um, and California uh, worst among them um, because California has spent so much time just basically ignoring the law that, that does exist about having to clean the voter rolls. And the fact that in 1993, when the federal government passed the the, um, National Voter Registration Act, at that point, we went from being able to keep clean voter rolls to never being able to have clean voter rolls because of the the mandates of that federal law. So we need pressure on the federal government to to rethink and overhaul that particular law and get out of the business of, of elections, give it back to the states the way the Constitution did. Uh, but then the other thing wrong with with this wholesale anybody who wants to voting by mail is that now you have most people casting their ballot out of the control and and supervision of elections officials, which means voter it, uh, so Ruth, yeah. and voter in person, you know, the, all that becomes very popular. Sure. And what could go wrong? Uh, we're running what out of time run, in this yeah. segment. So, so Ruth, yeah, we just have to wrap up this part on the mail in ballot. So I. Sure. If you could just tell the listening audience real quick, do we have time? Do we? No, we really not don't. Not really just, don't? Just, okay. Well, we'll pick up on that when we come back. But the mail-in ballot is so important that we make sure that we handle that ballot correctly. We don't just mail it back. Is that's that right. That's what we're advocating for. Would you say yes to that? Yes, it's a vulnerable ballot, and yes. we'll talk about it. And you know, after the right, so hold on to that ballot. That exactly. I mean, there's so many. Right. You know, when you when you look at the voting process, it really was built to be very simple. Go in, place your ballot, and in, in a matter of a quick reply, you you know, uh, you know how the vote has turned out. No more waiting. You're not supposed to wait for days, weeks, months, years. 
<laughs> We're going to talk more about that when Dren Reese and I and Ruth Weiss, when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, hello, my friends. <laughs> A vital topic, the topic of voting, but it goes deeper. It's, it's protecting your Judeo-Christian values. It goes deeper than that. It's protecting the constitutional rights that we have. We have Ruth Weiss with us on the air right now, and she's got some interesting points of view on the, uh, you know, casting a proper ballot. A proper ballot. That means there can be improper casting. <laughs> there, anybody say the word dominion? Anybody say the, the words 2,000 mules? Can anybody say the words different people making their stands and getting targeted for this? Please, I'm going to hand the, bo- the ball to Dran and you, Ruth, and I'm going to listen on in. <laughs> All right, Kaz. Well, Ruth, I want to go back to the mail-in ballots because I want to make sure that everybody understands what to do with that ballot. They get it in the mail, maybe two, maybe three. <laughs> what do they do with their one ballot or maybe the several ballots they receive? A ballot in an envelope is a vulnerable ballot, and it goes through hundreds of hands, and every single pair of hands it goes through have to be scrupulous and honest and uncareless and all everything in order for that ballot to reach its destination and get counted accurately. And it's just, you know, the law of averages is not with you there. Um, it could be uh, accidentally damaged or lost, or it could be on purpose damaged or lost or altered in some way. So our encouragement is that in California, everybody still has the right to vote in person. Even though you're receiving a ballot, you don't have to use that ballot. So we ask that you, to, first of all, track it. Make sure you go to um, where's my ballot. Just type that into your search engine and then sign up to receive uh, messages on where your ballot is so that you know when it's supposed to be in your hands. That's a really vulnerable moment. If it doesn't show up, you go, well, should I wait longer? Should I wait longer? Should I wait longer? Because you don't know when it was mailed to you. But ballot tracks will tell you your ballot's in the mail to you right now. And then you follow up, and if it doesn't get there within three to five days, then you can call, report it lost, get a new one, and so somebody can't steal it on its way to you. Aren't and they mailing out the ballots? Mail- Ruth, aren't they mailing them out October 10th? October 10th begins the ballot uh, mailing, although a few counties will do it a little early, and they all must be in the mail to you by the 15th. So that five-day period of time, they will be mailing them out. Okay, and so then and as so far as elections— By the middle of the following week— then it, then your ballot's lost. You better do something about it and don't are, wait. Are we having vote centers that are going to be open now from October? I think I heard something. October 24th through November 8th? Yeah, I think it's the 28th, the 28th I think. But anyway, uh, 10 days before Election Day and then Election Day would be okay. if you're in a vote center county, your, your, vote, your vote centers would be open then. We encourage you to vote in person by, depending on your county, taking that, Uh, vote-by-mail ballot with you as proof that you haven't voted and as proof that you are registered, but uh, you sign in and vote in person. Do not give them your ballot in an envelope. And then uh, the process by which they sign you in. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, let's back up here. Ruth, let's back up and let's take this step-by-step. So they get the mail-in ballot. It comes in the yellow uh, envelope. They're going to take that entire thing. They're probably going to open it and see what they have, but they're going to take that entire thing with them to the vote center. What are yeah, they going to do with each piece? Ballot, what? Inspect your ballot as soon as you get it. 
to make sure you got the right one and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then just put it in a safe place. Mark your sample ballot. And again, depending on your county, the rules are a little different, but it, generically, you then take the ballot and the return envelope with you to the polls, but don't have it out where anybody can see it. You just show up and check in and say, I want to vote in person. Okay, so and you're not showing your mail-in ballot to them. You're not carrying it in on display. You want to just carry it with you, but you want to walk in and say you want to vote in person, correct? Right, and that is a vote center county, Grant. Okay. In a non-vote center county, you'll probably have to have that ballot and physically hand it over and surrender it, and that way you need to make sure that they mark it surrendered, that they tear it in half so that it can't be used against you. Yes. Um, but... But uh, in the vote centers, it's an electronic surrender, so you don't need to give them your ballot. And it would be best not to, um, just to be sure. And then um, and then you take it home and destroy it after you voted. In so how, how is an individual to know whether they're in an actual vote center or what, uh, in an area where they have to surrender their ballot? How do they know the difference? Um, basically, um, in the, if you have 11 days of voting in your county, you're in a vote center county. And if you have neighborhood polling places and you and you vote on election day only, then you're in a uh, place where you would probably have to surrender your ballot in order to vote in person. Is that in San Diego County? Is that is that San Diego County is has different voting is a vote center county. All of San Diego County. County. Okay, so we don't have to necessarily worry about it here. Okay, we don't have to worry about it here. Got it. Okay. Now, right. if, if I can tell you, for, for San Diego County, the best way to vote is to mark your vote by mail ballot at home, then take it without the envelope to the polls, check in as an in-person voter, and instead of using the ballot marking device that they use to, to mark ballots there, use the ballot you marked at home. We have permission in our county to do that. Just take it in, say, I'm using this one. They will check it and make sure it's the right ballot, and then you just put it directly into the box. And you have voted in person without an envelope. Ballot will be counted that day or the very next morning without all of the stuff that that, uh, ballots in an envelope go through. Okay, so somehow I thought you put the ballot into a sleeve, a separate sleeve. So you skip that step? You just put it into the... Well... This is what they've always done, even before we had all this, is that in order to take your ballot with privacy from the check-in counter over to where you're going to put it in the box, they will issue you a thing like, it looks like a manila envelope or something. Mm -hmm. It's just a a little thing to put on top of your ballot to protect it from anybody looking over your shoulder to see how you voted. And then you'll put your ballot in and and that that sleeve will then be given back to them to use to protect the, the next ballot coming through. Okay, so Ruth, we just have a a couple of minutes left here. Uh, I think it's important for people to understand about the fact that they can volunteer and get trained to work at the polls. Can you tell them a little bit about what you do in that area? Boy, that's a great question. I can. Um, We really like to encourage people to to volunteer as poll workers and work for the county, but those who don't have that kind of time or, or whatever, we do train poll observers. And I think we're the only place in the nation, as far as I know, that actually trains poll observers well so that we know the rules, we know what we're doing, we know how to to, uh, make a difference. And uh, so we give 
classes, we give materials. Our poll workers, our poll observers go out, not only at the polls, but they also go down where the ballots are being processed and watch the entire process, everything to make sure that it's on the up and up and the procedures are being followed correctly. It is too late at this point to get in on that for this election, but we invite anybody that wants you to go to our website and start planning to be a poll observer in 2024 with us. In the meantime, we do have some articles on the website called Vote Safe 2022, and there's one article in particular in there that you can download because it says, you missed the training, so what, how can you help? And it's all about how citizens without the training can still get out there and make a very big difference by certain types of observation they don't need training for. And it's yes. all step-by-step right there in that article. Website, again, Ruth? E-E-I-P-C-A dot com. Well, thank you. Ruth Weiss, you, you are a, a woman uh, of not only integrity, but also a willingness to hold people's feet to the fire. I like that. Thank you for doing what you do, Ruth. And Dran. Uh, Thanks for having me, Kaz. I've enjoyed it. It's, it's a pleasure. And Ruth, God bless you mightily. Uh, there need to people that really need to make a stand and help other people, train other people to make a stand as well. So Ruth Weiss, you are one of them. And thank you again for joining us on these two segments. My, my, my listening friend, it's a pleasure, Ruth. My friends, we have more to come because I, I have some questions I want to ask Dran that she's, I, I saw her portfolio. She has answers. <laughs> so we're going to talk more about the stuff you need to know about. And a thank you to Ruth, Ruth Wise as well. So Dran, you and I will be right back. Yes? Sounds good. Okay. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Hello, San Diego. This is Rick Sines from uh, Red Seal Ministries. I just bless you and ask you just to receive the love of the Lord at this time, uh, this open season we have in San Diego. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Well, welcome back, my friends. You're going to be wanting to access this show numerous times and sharing it with other people. You can actually find this show uh, in the archives beginning mm, early this coming week, like Tuesday or Wednesday, and just go to Come Together San Diego, Come Together San Diego, put that in the search engine, and then this whole website for Come Together San Diego comes up, and then you can scroll down and see this week's show, this Saturday show, in the podcast And you're going to want to share this link with so many people because it's vital for you to understand how to vote and why to vote and uh, what to be watching for if other people are trying to violate your vote. Dran Reese is with me, and we're going to do this whole last half hour. We're going to do a recap, but also uh, a summary of of things that people need to know. And I have a suspicion you're going to be directing them to a website or two. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Dran. Well, it's important that you go to biblicalvoter.com. It is a great website, and it's the best that I've seen. We we really put our heart and soul into building this website over the last few years when we saw that there was a need in this country, this entire country, for one resource that you could go to for your Judeo-Christian voter guides. And so we harvested from every state, California, of course, being my home state yes. and the place that I love so much. The but it's best all over of the, the nation. Best. But you're also, we're, oh, all, we're all over the yeah. nation, yes. Yeah. So we, we find the local state uh, voter guides that even drill down to school board races. Mm-hmm. And then we put it under one location and then try to put as many resources as we can for the state there so that people don't have to chase around and try to find this. Because as you have heard from this, this, uh, these two segments with Ruth and with Frank, 
it's very hard to know what's happening exactly and yeah. how to stay up to speed. So I get it on the one hand that it, that we've made elections so difficult for for most people to really know how to uh, you know how to cast a proper ballot with yes. just a mail in ballot. People think, oh, this is so easy. I get my ballot, I mark it, I mail it in. You know, we've become a lazy society where we, you know, just assume that our government is going to take care of us. But there's a bigger plot in mind. They've got big plans for us. And when we uh, accept at face value uh, what they're doing in this elective system that we are seeing and we, you know, and don't analyze what's really happening, we're going to be falling prey. We're like wolves. You know, they're wolves and we're the sheep. Yes. Yes. And they're, they're eating us alive right now. And so it's time for all of us to stand up and do something. We have to put our faith into action. If you're going to identify yourself as a Christian, then be one. You know, and you use, you're talking about sheep among wolves. You also use an analogy uh, talking about the foxes that spoil the vine. Right. We looked that up in the Song of Solomon. W- what did you see when you, 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 you brought this scripture to mind? We looked it up yeah. in the Song of Solomon. <clears throat> what are the little foxes that are spoiling the, okay, well, the vine? What adult, does that mean? Right, an adult fox... Uh, goes for the grapes on the vine. Yes. But a little baby fox can't reach the grapes, so, so they eat the vine. Uh-huh. Which and ruins when, the entire fruit. It ruins the entire fruit. Yes. And that's exactly what's happening when we don't vote or we vote incorrectly, or meaning that we don't vote with our values or that we vote as a low-information voter instead Come of on. a high-information voter. So if we're going to vote, we need to apply our vote from a biblical standpoint because it will be held accountable before Come on, God. Drew. That's right. And we need to do our level best and give it our best shot. So that, again, the reason why we did Biblical Voter. Is it a perfect website? No. But it's the best that I've seen out there. And it includes even the wonderful voter guide, iVoter Guide, and, and, uh, and our own local uh, voter guide, yes. uh, uh, Melanie Smith. She's done a fabulous job. Uh, with the family voter info yes. that usually the churches would print and put inside their churches that mm-hmm. would make uh, available. You know, during voting time, one of the things I have trouble with, thank, thank you for, you know, the, the voter guide and, and things like that. But one of the things I was always having trouble with is judges. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's hard to dig down and see because these judges try to like to fly under the radar so that they just get elected and elected and elected. And I found, was happy to find this on your sites. Well, we have it on our website, and yeah. I think it's being updated right now. Yeah. And by the way, when you go there, maybe not all the you know links are updated because it's a fast process yeah, when these elections are happening. We have the primaries. We've got to get up to speed, and sometimes it happens last minute. And now we're in the general election. So what happens with the judges is a little bit more difficult, and I'm grateful for people like Craig Huey yes. from Election Forum who has gone out of his way to uh, do the research on some of these judges, what were their past voting records, and do a little due diligence. But there's lots of room for improvement sure. in this area, and we know what it is. And we're hoping that your listening audience, or there's someone out there that says, you know what, I'm ready to get involved. And you have the wherewithal to do just that. You just let me know. I'm, uh, I'm available anytime, and we can make a difference here in California across the nation, frankly. So this program is not only designed to inform you but also to activate you. And, Dran, I know uh, I've known you long enough to know your heart really goes out for people, not only to say, yeah, okay, well, we we will do this, but also to put the feet to the ground and actually do stuff. And there's so much to be done. Oh, you bet. Uh, You know, we have been called up for duty. Yes. And this is it. You know, uh, if we don't 
step up to the plate right now, we're not going to have a country left over. Yes. And I mean that seriously. And, and folks, you need to listen. There is a sinister plot that's far beyond what any of us know. We've heard names given to it, deep state. Uh, and, and, and I used to be called a conspiracy theorist. Well, now all of that stuff is coming true. And we've had a lot of things happening in our country that confounds the mind with a COVID vaccination, lockdowns. They're just trying to see how far they can push mm-hmm. us. And are we really willing to fight or have we become that complacent? And, you know, we could be in that cycle of history where complacency is and apathy is really the nor- the rule of the day. And then from here we go into slavery. And, folks, if that's what you want, then you just keep up doing the same exact thing you're wow. doing. I'm saying now get out and vote. Now, uh, you asked a question during the break about uh, whether uh, we're going to have a system again where we, we might not believe the end results. Well, uh, you know, th- this is true because we still have Dominion voting machines. Yes. Uh, we don't have paper ballots and we don't have voter IDs. So we have three different ways right there. Yes. And then, of course, you heard from, from Ruth with the mail-in ballots. You know, if you, if, you, if you don't care for that ballot and walk it into your vote center yes. and care for it every step of the way, any number of things can manipulate the elections. But per- you, you, you were saying, but just by the sheer... Numbers, the numbers of people coming in and also the people that are watching now, you know, you you, you have the 2000 mules and and things like that. So at least we've had it confirmed that these things are going on. And so wisely watching and having a camera handy, that could discourage a lot of people. Exactly. So exactly. So we have to we have to overwhelm the system by going out and voting. Yes. Because if there are more votes then it's going to be a lot harder to manipulate the system. Yes. And there are going to be a lot more people that are not going to agree with the results because they know they voted. And, yes. you know, I heard some election results just actually recently where two people running, one lady running for office voted in her own district. This was, I believe it was in Georgia, voted in her own district, but her vote never showed up. She went back and challenged the election results. Yes. And it was completely flipped in her favor. So they were actually manipulating the votes in that state, in that uh, city for her. So we have all these issues, but the bigger issue is the church. Come on. And we all love our churches. We love being followers of Jesus Christ, and we love having the the well, the balanced life that we have. Um, But here's the problem. In California, we have a significant number of Christians that if they would just vote, we could flip every election in our direction. So the percentages are dismal, actually, about Christians that are uh, registered to vote. Is that right? Right. We have about, I think in California, about 14 million. I, I think that it's gone up to about 16 million. But in the last election, only 6.7 million of them voted. But I can And I can also guarantee you that they didn't vote right either. Oh, my. Or their vote was manipulated in some manner. So oh I have a t-shirt actually. One of one of the people in my office brought a t-shirt and they were wearing this. It says, when I die, please don't make me vote Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> oh and I say that because I once was a Democrat. Yes. And, but I just can't square with the abortion issue. They are murdering babies in the womb and even up to the point of delivery yes. called infanticide. Yes. That's a, what I consider a God's non-negotiable moral value. That is a, that is just the, on that one issue. Just alone. that one. Just if you only care about that one issue, you know, because if, if you ask everybody who's listening, what if you were aborted? You wouldn't yeah. be here today. Right. So you got the privilege of life, but think about the 63 million babies that didn't. Yes. And so we have a lot 
to 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 stand account before God, and that might be the reason why we're seeing so many disastrous things happening in America. Oh my. Because we deserve to be judged for the murder of these babies. This oh is what they did in in the Old Testament. Wow. They dashed the babies against the rocks. Yes, and, and this was yeah, it happened, and it also happened in uh, Israel. Right. It happened in Israel as well, and even when King Solomon was king, he's the great wise king. He he fell prey to uh, foreign wives and multiplying horses and things like that. And he thought his wisdom superseded God's wisdom. We need to get back to God's wisdom. We need to get back to Judeo-Christian values and victory can be ours because then God can intercede on our behalf. If we're going, well, we don't really care. Then God goes, okay, well, you're going to get what you, you, you get, get what you're, you're in pursuit of or non-pursuit of. Well, that reminds me, you just got me on this one that I love when are we ever going to get back to the Ten Commandments? When exactly. are we going to start teaching mm-hmm. those again? Mm-hmm. You know, God gave us ten fingers. What a miracle. Ten commandments. It's yep. a simple one right here. Ten mm-hmm. fingers, ten commandments. We could go around the country yes, teaching yes, the Ten yes. Commandments. And that's how you come to faith. Knowledge comes before faith. Who is God? Yeah. When you have knowledge of the law of God, then faith follows. Can we talk about this and tie everything together in the last segment? Sure. My listening friend, you know, if this has been a two-hour broadcast, it will be two-hour broadcast at the top of the hour. But we have vested and invested this time because this topic is just so vital. You go, nah, just another time to vote. No, no, no. This is vital. And you need to be a knowledgeable voter, but you also need to know how to hold people accountable who are issuing the vote and counting the vote. We're going to talk more about this and so much more when Dran Reese of Salt and Light Council, saltandlightcouncil.org, and Kaz come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And we're turning the corner to the uh, last segment, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And every time uh, during this time frame on Come Together San Diego, I try to bring our host or our guest in to kind of encapsulate everything and summarize things and things that we've missed earlier to bring the, sharpen the point on this, on this last segment. So, Duran Reese, lay it on us. What do you have to say? I, I saw a few notes there. Well, I yes, I would uh, like to remind people about registering to vote. You can still register yes. to vote. And again, 45 to 55% of the church is not registered to vote. Pastor, if you're listening or you're an individual going to church, you get your church involved in voter registration. You just get the voter registration from your registrar voter's office. They're readily available. You put one in every seat in the pew. And if you want, you can go to our website, biblicalvoter.com, go to party platforms. I have a one-sheeter, a short one-sheeter on a couple of moral issues, our non-negotiable moral values, what we stand on as God-fearing people, that these are the, the key factors that you measure candidates. You could staple one of those to each each one and say, you're in the house of God now. Go ahead and fill this out because all of you need to vote. You need to vote to save this republic. Yes. That's what the pastors should be doing. The pastors need to be doing this. There's, a, You know, the, the parishioners... They're listening to what the pastor said. They're they're attending your church, and you think, well, I may I'm not going to deal with politics. Are you kidding me? Jesus dealt with politics, and in, in fact, his whole lifestyle was dealing against the 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 Pharisees, and that was a very political battle. And he made his stand. Are you a follower of Jesus? 
then you need to make God's stand through your life and lifestyle, your words and your vote. Isn't that right, Trent? Absolutely. And I have to do a shout out to some of the churches and the pastors that I know are in it to win it. Come on. And they are very well-rounded. And I would recommend that if you go to your church and you ask your church to start a salt and light biblical citizenship ministry and they refuse to do it, if you go to your church and you ask them to get involved in elections and voter registration and they refuse to do it, I'm going to suggest the following churches. (laughs) Really? Really. First of all, Skyline Church, Pastor Jeremy McGarity. Yes. He is amazing. And today, no, is today, no, this is Saturday. Tomorrow, on Sunday, after between services, they're having a biblical election forum. And what they're doing is voter registration. They're having candidates there. They are uh, talking about how to vote. They're going to point people in the right direction. They're going to show them where the resources are. God bless him. Skyline. Skyline. And I also want to give a shout out to um, both of the Grace Churches that are up in the North County area. One's in Oceanside, the other's in San Marcos. They're both going to have biblical election forums with the same thing. And Ruth Wise and Frank Kaser, we're all going to be putting on a nice event there. And we've got Gary Cass out at Christ Community Church out there in Escondido. And then... You know, those are just the ones I know of. And then I have to say, Pastor Jurgen, another yeah, hero. Jurgen Matesius. Matesius, yes. yes. We we, we uh, did a tour through all five of his campuses <laughs> and uh, did, uh, you know, uh, brought, our, brought candidates and he brought them up on stage. This was during the primary, but I know he's very involved. So you know what, folks? There's some great churches in San Diego that are doing the right thing. And there's churches out there that just kind of are on the fence. They're the church of Laodicea. Oh, They're neither hot or cold. And I have to say that just grieves my spirit. It grieves my when spirit I too. know that they can make a difference and they're not doing it. They refuse to do it because they are afraid of their own people. And the number one reason that churches don't get involved, and, and I have 32 reasons, you know, when I speak to pastors, yes. I always ask them, here's my 32 reasons. But if you have a new one for me, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got it down to 32. But the very first one is I don't want to offend anyone. Well, now, if you take the word off, fend, and mix it around, it's fend off. Mm-hmm. Think about that. You just have to do the exact opposite. And I know churches that, particularly during the COVID situation, never shut down, not for one iota. Mm-hmm. Bishop Art Hodges, yes. who's on our board, won a major <laughs> yes. lawsuit here in California. Yes. Pastor Cheyenne and uh, Matt Staver, who's uh, who, who vets our Liberty Count vets our material from Liberty Council. Uh, they won a major lawsuit. So we are surrounded by pastors who have courage and bravery. They have seen the call of duty. They've seen the writing on the wall, and they are men of God, true mighty men of God. And for all the rest of the pastors out there, they refuse to get involved in in politics, which is really our biblical moral issues. Shame on you! Shame on you! I shake the dust off my feet when it comes to those pastors mm, my, my. because I'm finding the right ones and they're coming to us and we're going around the country and we're identifying them. And this is our time to be men and women of God and to show that we have the authority Come on, because we have to step in if we want to win. Yes. We have to step out there. So I just wanted to share that with those great pastors. And another one, I got to tell you this success story was so much fun. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Pastor Jesse Alvarez, who's one of our mm-hmm. new Salt and Light Ministries out of yeah. Uh, yeah out of uh, Fresno, California, came to that event. Well, after you know he'd been to this event where he's learning about history and how the pastors were of of days of old, where they preached election sermons, et cetera. He came up to my table and says, "Dran, 
what do I do? I want to preach an election sermon. I go, Pastor Jesse, <laughs> do you know that you're the first pastor that's ever asked me that? Service. Ever asked me that? I said, hold on, let me savor this moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave him the biblical uh, booklet, which yeah. is accessible for free online at biblicalvoter.com for anyone and any pastor. And he has that. And I just got an email today from, uh, or a text from uh, his salt and light leader, Lynn Petersdorf, that he is giving three sermons oh on American history and our patriotism. Oh my. I love him. And that is a success story. But that's not just him. It's happening all over the country with the pastors that I know. And those really are the only pastors I want to know. The rest of them hopefully will come along, but it's a Uh, great day. Yeah, but it's not come along next year or a few years from now. Now is the time. Look at what's going on in the world right now. You and I, we believers, need to make our stand. We have to know how to be activated and then activate. I agree. Well, I might have a little different idea on this. I think that first we prayed for evil to be exposed. Mm -hmm. We've been praying for years to find out where the root of the problem was. And boy, did we ever get, you know, a mouthful of that. Now we know who is who in the zoo. We all know, especially the Christians out there, which is the reason why there's so much attack on the church, because the church typically votes a certain way. Okay, because they understand which party will will protect their religious freedom yes. and their right to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. There is only one party that does that. And so we are really at a crosshairs now. We know who's who in the zoo. And so now we have to pray into our authority, our authority. And that's Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers. He, yes. that's the Lord, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Well, Dran Reese, you talked about pray into our authority. Would you be so kind to do that? And we'll close the show. You can pray and we can close it. We've got about a minute and a half or two. Okay, for a prayer, and I would love to do that. So again, I remind everybody, go to biblicalvoter.com. And if you are able to help us and support us in any manner, believe me, we could really use it. Biblicalvoter.com, State Voter Guides, California. But I have a 40 days of prayers for the election and yesterday was September 30th. So I'm going to read that yes. just uh, as we pray it out. Uh, the request is to pray that the eyes of Christians will be open to truth regarding the direction our nation is taking Isaiah 59, 12 through 13 for our transgressions are multiplied mm. before you and our sins testify against us for our transgressions are with us. And we know our iniquities transgression, transgressing and denying the Lord. And turning back from following our God. And I wrap it up with this one. Day, uh, first day, October 1st. Pray that Christians will recognize our need for repentance as individuals and as a nation. In First Peter 4, 17, for it's time for judgment to begin In the house of the at Lord. the house of, of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Oh, my we're <clears throat> we're in vital times right now um, in a biblical sense as well. This is the the month of Tishri. It's the seventh month. Mm-hmm. It's the month where on October fifth of this month is the Day of Atonement. Mm-hmm. This is where God and so this time frame from the beginning of Tishri to the Day of Atonement is like ten days of awe where mm-hmm. we have to weigh and pray where we are and what we've done wrong. I think we need to weigh and pray what we've done wrong as it relates to. Uh, Judeo-Christian values, but also our godly constitution. There's a lot of uh, 
soul searching that needs to go on right now. My listening friend, we're running out of time. So, Dran Reese, thank you so much for joining us and and uh, declaring what needed to be declared. And I always look to you when I need a declarer. You come with me onto the air. My listening friend, it's time for you to listen and obey. God wants you to not be watching the parade. He wants you leading it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask God's blessing upon you. Dren Reese, thanks for joining us. My listening friend, more next week of wonderful, delightful things on Come Together San Diego. And Dren Reese and Kaz said goodbye. Bye-bye. God bless. Thanks for joining Kaz Tater and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.